Hello, welcome to another installment of the Central American Group's podcast, in which experts discuss topics related to doing business in Costa Rica, El Salvador, and the rest of the region. Hello, welcome to another installation of the Central American Group's podcasts. We speak with people that have an expertise in Central America that are both internal to our organization and external to the Central American Group. Today, we are very fortunate to have Vanessa Gibson with us. She's the head of investment climate at the organization that is in charge of economic development for the country of Costa Rica. Uh, I'd like her to introduce yourself. Can you please introduce yourself now, Vanessa, and tell us a little bit about your background? Yes. Hi. Good. Great to ha- to be here, and thank you so very much for this for the time. Uh, so I've been with Cinda for over 21 years now. Uh, I work with a team in charge of the investment climate. So our role, um, working with companies that establish operations here is to make sure that we are monitoring and and actually conveying the message and the policy advocacy towards government in order to improve the investment climate of Costa Rica and keep or if possible also improve the the competitiveness of the country. Okay, well one of the things that it's noteworthy about Costa Rica is that although it's a very small company over the last, excuse me, country over the last several decades It's been successful in becoming one of the world's most uh, prolific exporters of uh, medical devices. And my understanding, and please correct me if I'm mistaken, is that right now Costa Rica's most uh, prominent export uh, over and above what's exported in terms of agricultural commodities is medical devices. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that success that Costa Rica has had Uh, over the last several decades. Yes, Mr. Cantaloni, you are correct. Um, For the last two or three years, Costa Rica's export actually has been diversified in such a way that our main product of export is our medical devices, went to one of our main uh, markets, the United States. Actually, after Mexico, we will be the second largest exporter in the region of these products to the U.S. market. Um, We've been able to see a very interesting evolution of the export base of the country. It's accurate to say that for many years, uh, Costa Rica was a net exporter of agricultural products. Proudly, you know, exporting one of the best coffees of the world and uh, bananas and 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 uh, sugar cane and beef. But in the last 30 years, we have seen a huge transformation of our economic uh, standpoint, and um, we diversified to attract uh, investment in um, what we call advanced manufacturing, medical devices, and uh, most recent in the last uh, 20 years, uh, we have diversified a lot in terms of the services industry. Uh, which is also a key player in our economic um, stability. One of the keys uh, of the success of Costa Rica in this area is due to the promotion of education by the government. Can you give us a little information uh, about that? Of course, I think one of the things that many people will hear about Costa Rica is a country without an army. And um, with that in mind, um, Costa Rica has a long history now, over 50 years, in which most of the investment of the government it goes through education and health. So the commitment of Costa Rica's um, strategy in the long term is to work heavily on developing uh, its people, 
which is actually our most valued and strongest asset as a country. And with that, actually, by constitution, government has to allocate no less than 8% to education and 10% to our health system. So with that, companies that establish their operations here, what they find is a very healthy and highly educated labor force with which to improve you know, their competitive advantage uh, on a global base. Now, talking about labor force, companies that are looking at Costa Rica, they can expect uh, a labor force that's economically active of what number of individuals? So in terms of the demographics, the, the, the total population of Costa Rica, we are around 5,100,000 uh, Costa Ricans right now. Um, and from that, 2.4 million will be our active labor force. Um, what's very interesting as well is, as you know, we're a small country. So there's a high concentrated uh, population uh, around the area that we call the Great Metro Area um, that encompasses, you know, uh, four main cities in the very middle of the country. Uh, almost 67% of the entire population lives in that greater metro, metro area. So it becomes an advantage for companies because you tap in a very interesting labor market in very few miles uh, surroundings, and that helps for many industries create very strong uh, clusters from a geographic perspective. Now, Costa Rica has been successful in progressing from very simple manufacturing the things that are more intricate. But another place where Costa Rica is starting to make its mark internationally is in the area of research and development. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in that area in the country? Thank you very much for the question. Actually, uh, for us, it's almost part of that natural evolution of the value add that the country requires to have it's steady growth from an economic perspective. So we actually promote companies to always take in consideration the next generation of processes or products that they will manufacture or provide services in Costa Rica. And with that, based on the investment in talent, companies will find here a suitable labor force with which to actually pursue that evolution. So uh, we have many companies, many multinational companies that are right now operating um, that does um, operations in innovation and R&D. We have seen that in the medical devices as well as in advanced manufacturing and services as well. Obviously, a sector like agriculture, uh, because of our long tradition in this, this sector, we also have many interesting projects running right now. Now... You mentioned uh, in a prior conversation that we had offline that uh, Costa Rica and uh, universities in foreign countries have made some partnerships so that Costa Rica would be much more equipped to be able to integrate itself into the world of Industry 4.0. Can you tell us a little bit about the agreements in the realm of education that Costa Rican uh, universities have with uh, econ uh, educational institutions outside of the country? Well, um, being a small country and surviving the digital transformation era in which we are, you know, the impact of disruptive technologies and um, everything related to Industry 4.0, um, you know, actually motivated and ignited in us the, the opportunity of a 
building a stronger labor pool that will be able to overcome those changes. And with that, we were very early on uh, sensitive to the fact that we will need to work on a faster pace to actually, as I said, overcome the, the opportunity, I mean, take seize of the opportunities, but overcome the challenges. And for that, actually knowing that it will take some time for a local university system to basically develop and have all the internal know-how to bring forth a knowledge base of areas which are fairly young and new globally. You know, we talk about blockchain, cybersecurity, and other areas. Uh, we are we are being taken advantage also of the of the right conditions for Costa Rica as a country to promote partnership among universities that are bringing to country all of that content and that know-how. So, for example, we have here. Um, content that is delivered in Costa Rica by universities like Georgia Tech, uh, the University of Minnesota, Rice University, Stout University from Wisconsin, uh, everyone in their very specific specialized areas, which enhance, you know, the opportunity of the companies to bring forth, you know, the retooling of their talent, but at the same time to impact our educational system as a whole. And, um, you know, we have created joint master's program or new specialization um, um, trainings that these universities are offering. We even have this success story of motivating uh, the first um, campus abroad of Texas Tech University that is now operating fully in Costa Rica. Well, that's very interesting. One thing that uh, I've been looking into, and I, I hopefully you could give me some information about the sector, but uh, my understanding that is that there are uh, a number of pharmaceutical companies that are producing goods and doing other activities in Costa Rica. Could you expand on that a little bit? Yes, we 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 have a local indigenous pharmaceutical, um, mostly for formulation type um, manufacturing companies, uh, but we also have a presence of you know large pharmaceuticals companies uh, in Costa Rica. Right now, one of those areas of opportunities that we are seeing fostering over time is um, clinical trials here in Costa Rica for, for several reasons. Uh, the country offers a set of conditions that are very convenient to run these type of, 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 of clinical studies. Um, how homogeneous is the the um, data points of the population and so on. So, you know, it makes ease for uh, these companies to in a smaller group of people to test the benefits of their drugs. Um, also, uh, we are seeing them not just doing their core activity, but many of these pharmaceutical companies are opening in Costa Rica their shared services centers uh, to support the corporation from a global perspective. So yes, this is an area, both medical devices and pharmaceutical uh, plays a key role and what we think would be the future uh, for direct investment for Costa Rica taking advantage not just on the talent, but also the sophistication of the processes that they are able to bring to country. What other kind of services are being conducted uh, by foreign companies in Costa Rica? Well, there is where we have seen a strategic and very amazing growth in the last, I would say, 10 years. Uh, we started the service sector, as we called it, um, um, exactly 20 years ago with six companies. Today we have 180. They do everything from a accounts payable registration to actually building um, 
digital robots for these same processes. So everything related to finance, accounting, uh, HR procurement, the, all the back offices of the operation of you know core activities of, of multinational companies like uh, Procter and Gamble, Western Union, um, LL Bean, may, maybe some of those big names that you might be familiar with. They would centralize in these lo in locations like Costa Rica. Um, everything that's probably support their core activity. Uh, we have major players in the IT field. Actually, just this year, um, um, IBM confirmed that their largest cybersecurity suck uh, in the region is here in Costa Rica. So um, we are seeing a faster diversification and a faster actually transformation of this type of operations in Costa Rica, which relies pretty much on what we mentioned earlier, the value that the talent pool brings to the um, business model of these companies. Yeah, one of the things that stands out is a statistic that I read in terms of the education level of the population, 95% of the workforce is literate. So that is a testament to the stress that the Costa Rican government puts on developing its educational system to prepare people for the workforce. Um, one other thing that I'd like to ask, and, and if you could explain this, because I think it's a very uh, tangible benefit and advantage that Costa Rica has over some other countries that are in the region, is political stability. Can you tell us about that? That's one of our uh, flagship, I would say, brand. Um, as I said earlier, having no army since um, 1948 has brought to Costa Rica that sense of stability that many, you know, companies will value in terms of their risk mitigation strategy and their geopolitical strategy of putting their operations in safer locations. So we are actually one of the oldest. Uh, democracy in Latin America region, um, you know, for 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 many decades, not just in the 20th century, but even from the 19th century, we have had a very long-standing democratic life, and with that, you know, make it a convenient location for companies that are searching, you know, to val balance the geopolitical stress that other locations around the world could have. So um, we are considered as safe. Um, not just from a political, but also from a social and very stable from an economic perspective. Well, also, uh, another advantage that you have, and if you could tell people, number one, uh, the features of it, and number two, how you could help them to be able to take advantage of this benefit. But can you tell us about the free zone regime that the Costa Rican government has put into place for manufacturers? Oh, yes, of course. This is actually very, this is one of those disruptive changes that happens around the late uh, 60s where Costa Rica decided to start promoting a new um, economic growth model uh, where we realized that we needed to change the strategy from being an import substitution country to an export model. And with that, they put in place what we call today, and it's actually fixed by law, um, the free trade zone regime. This free zone regime is an incentive package. It's actually a tax regime exemption uh, where companies that are uh, applying to this um, benefit package could be local or foreigners. There's no uh, limitation on foreign or, 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 or local capital. 
um, they they tap into a package that exempt almost all uh, taxes that impact the operation. So just to give you a sense, in the case of a manufacturing company that will be able to commit to our government a investment plan of $10 million over spread out over eight years period, being those investment dollars uh, fixed in fixed assets, they will receive a 100% exemption and our local statutory uh, uh, corporate income tax of 30%. So they will have eight years in which they pay 0% corporate income tax. They will be exempt on all import duties that apply to the operation. There will be no excise taxes and also repatriation of dividends will be also exempt. So it becomes a very interesting package for companies, especially from a tax planning perspective. And um, it's open and available for any company that is able to commit to those level of investment. If the company, it's a smaller company, not able to commit to $10 million, but is able to commit to 150,000K spread out over the three years period of fixed asset investment, they're actually treated with a 6% corporate income tax, which is also a significant um, um, uh, lower tax rate than the statutory 30%. And one of the things that is also very interesting for the, the incentive that we are offering as a country is that there is a, a opportunity for companies to every so often they're able to reinvest they're able to present the case to government and to reclub those incentive package. So every eight years, if you're able to reinvest, you could be renewing your incentive package on the 0% corporate income tax. Or if you're a small company, you're able to renew on the 6% corporate income tax um, uh, package. Also, uh, I've had the pleasure of seeing your company, excuse me, your organization, Sinday, at trade shows and uh, economic development uh, events. I know that you provide specific help to people that might be seeking to invest in Costa Rica. How can Sinde help somebody that wants to set up and do business in Costa Rica? So we are being a non-for-profit organization, which is very important to mention. We are a private a political F, a NGO and um, the way we work is that every company that is doing their, we, we are assisting companies even from the due diligence phase where you probably are gathering data just to make sure that you are taking in account the different location that could be suitable for your project. We will be able to provide um, free information and actually tailored information depending on the project itself. So we have a web page where you know you could access you know a lot of data, but if you need very specific you know build to suit information to your to your to your needs, you are able to visit our web page that is you know www.cinda.org. But in that case, um, what companies receive is a hands-on you know experience where we assist their teams or even their consultant. Uh, that is actually gathering the data whatsoever for that due diligence process. When the company is probably next to have a decision and they are seeking to visit and have a, 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 a first-hand experience of what the country offers, we also develop and promote um, uh, what we call executive agendas, where we will be planning on coordinating meetings with you know, other governmental institutions, 
we definitely want you to have the the good you know the good references at the companies that are already operating here to hear from them directly what is the experience and what to look out for uh, in every good and and not necessarily good aspect of it. And um, once the company decides that they will expand their their footprint in Costa Rica, we actually work through the, the entire installation process with the company, and we provide more uh, not just advisory but also the follow through of the project plan in terms of getting up to the to the schedule that many companies will have in terms of starting their operation in country. Beyond that, and that's where you know the investment climate department falls in. Uh, once the companies are already here and you know they're running their operations, we want to guarantee that the operations will continue to be successful. So we monitor with companies and uh, we have a great communication with almost all the companies that we've been able to attract to Costa Rica. Not just to say monitor and understand their needs, but also conveying the message back to government and to other entities and even deploying initiatives that actually are impacting the investment climate of the country. Now we often have people approach us after listening to these podcasts with questions that they think of after finishing uh, listening to the discussion. If people who are with questions wish to get into contact with you directly, how can they do that? Oh, more than happy. We also, aside from our webpage, there is an email that we actually promote for everyone to contact us through. It's invest at cinde.org. And all the requests that falls under that email is follow through on an a ASAP type mode for make sure that we are actually answering and supporting all the requests of potential investors. Well, that's been very helpful. The information that you shared with us is very interesting. And uh, we're looking forward to working with you to help bring more business to Costa Rica. And we look forward to having you here, Mr. Contani, hopefully. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Same to you. Thank you for listening. Sign up to receive the Central American Group's quarterly newsletter by visiting www.thecentralamericangroup.com.